Okay. I want to talk about living by the Spirit. Big topic, hey. Not going to get it all done today. But I want to do it because something... um, Last week we had... um, The ladies had an Ask Tim the Question Day. That's always a bit scary when you have open questions. People ask you questions. I was thinking they were going to ask me questions about my life or my testimony or something, but no, they asked me questions from Scripture. I'm really thankful they gave me a couple of days to look at them before I... (laughs) But I want to share something with you because there was a question that was about the genealogy of Jesus that was answered, but there was something else that came up out of it, and it was about living by the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I must admit, even for, even for, what is, sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. It even opened up some areas in my thinking that I hadn't really, it was like the light came on in a couple other areas, I suppose if I can say that. And I'm really hoping today that I can communicate it in a way that you can get that light bulb moment if you need it as well. Is that right? We good? So I was asked about the genealogy of Jesus. And it really got me going in another direction about living by the Spirit. So here we are today. Because we hear the words, live by the Spirit, don't we? Someone comes up to you and goes, you know, live by the Spirit. We open Scripture and it says, live by the Spirit. And you go, well, yeah, yeah, okay, well, can you give me a bit more about that? You know, what do we think about? What's going through our thoughts when, you know, someone's preaching and go, come on, live by the Spirit? And obviously that is a, it is a huge topic. But what do we actually think about when we hear those verses? It says in Galatians 5.16, if you live by the Spirit, you're not gratify the desires or lusts of the flesh. Amen? We hear stuff like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. We declare it over ourselves. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. But what does it really mean and what does it really look like? Does anyone ever have a question like that? One person. Okay, well, we're going to speak to one person today. That's all good. What does it look like in my daily life? What is that scripture? What, what does that kind of theology actually mean for my daily life? What do those words of truth actually mean for my daily life? And I believe that God wants to both challenge us but encourage us greatly today as we look at living by the Spirit. Amen? The first thing we've got to understand this, and this might turn some of your thinking upside down, is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We're not human beings searching for a spiritual experience. We are spirit. It says in Thessalonians, may your whole spirit, soul, and body. We are spiritual beings. And I don't know whether we see ourselves like that. I don't know whether we see people like that. And people are going looking for all kinds of spiritual highs, and that's why they get into new age and drugs and all this kind of stuff, because they're looking for some sort of higher thing. When the answer is Jesus. Are you with me today? This is what Nicodemus was grappling with. This is what he was grappling with. 
in John chapter 3. As I said last week, these are always challenging times when the fans come back on. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. And Jesus said, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, and in the Greek it's born again from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So here's Nicodemus thinking, what? How can anyone be born again when he is old? You can just think of it. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born again? He was grappling. He was thinking in the flesh. He was thinking from a, from a man-made perspective. He was thinking from, from a worldly vision rather than a spiritual one. Jesus And, you know, Nicodemus couldn't quite get it. He was grappling with it because he was, he was a teacher and, you know, teachers think a lot. And he was grappling and just, I don't understand that. That's the question that he was grappling with. But the truth is that we are aliens and strangers in this world. It says it in 1 Peter chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 2 that we're like aliens and strangers in this world. We're just passing through. Now this is it. This is where we start to get a bit meaty. But you might be further you know, down the track than me, so forgive me if I'm just telling you what you already know. We, we know that Joseph did go through some stuff. Taking Mary as his wife when she was pregnant, and you know that the rumors were going to be there. You know that the whispers were there. You know. Joseph was in a lose-lose situation when it comes to his reputation before people. If he didn't take Mary as his wife, he would lose his reputation. And by taking Mary as his wife, he would lose his reputation. But have you ever really thought how Jesus came about? You see, Jesus was born of the Spirit. We are spiritual beings. Jesus was born of the Spirit. It was not Holy Forgive me if this offends anybody. It was not Holy Spirit sperm with Mary's egg, it could not have been because Jesus had to be fully God, fully God. If, it was, if there was any part of Mary in there, there was sin. It was not sperm and egg, it was embryo, already. He was fully God, amen? Sinless, and he was fully man. He had a soul. We are, remember, spirit, soul, body, head of soul. His mind, his will, his emotions, he was subject to everything. Scripture says that he was tempted in all things, yet was without sin. Amen? He had the same emotions. He had the same stuff going on. And if you cut him, he would bleed. He was fully man. He was fully God and he was fully man. And it had to be so. Are you with me? He was tempted in every way. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, yet was without sin. It's interesting in Matthew 4, isn't it, that the Spirit led him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. The Spirit of God led him into the desert to be tempted. He was tempted in every way. But this is the key. This is how Jesus lived his life. And this is our call as sons and daughters of the King. That the flesh... 
That is, his soul and his body had no rule over him. His soul and body was subject to the spirit. That's the order. And when we are born again, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, that is the order. But the battle is that we, the Holy Spirit is here and our soul and our emotions and stuff still have rule in our life when God has actually made the way for us to actually live by the spirits. And our soul and our emotions and our will and stuff are subject to the Spirit. How cool is that? So at Gethsemane, when the enormity of what was going to happen was coming upon Jesus, he could say, not my will but yours be done. Because it was subject to the Spirit of God. Picture that moment. How many times, and please don't take this the wrong way. How many times, you know, do we know that something is the wrong thing? It is born of the flesh, but we still do it anyway. When the Spirit of God is at work in us going, uh uh-uh, live by the Spirit. Don't hold on to that unforgiveness. Don't hold on to that bitterness. Don't treat somebody that way. You know, show love. Show peace, show joy, show mercy. Let the fruit of the Spirit be manifest. This is is where we're at. This is the challenge that's before us because can I say that this is grace? This is true grace. That God not only saved us, but he sent his spirit to indwell in us and to make us holy from the inside out. Religion tries to make yourself holy by following all kinds of rules and regulations and rituals. But as you press into God and you allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign in your life, you become holy from the inside out. And your outward actions start to change because of what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. That is a seven-day-a-week journey, isn't it? You can't just come forward and sing, you know, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere if we walk out there today and we carry unforgiveness. Because it's got to start here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. When I sing that song, I'm not just thinking about Bundaberg. Yeah, I am thinking about Bundaberg. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. But I'm also thinking here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome here. Are we going okay? This is the new covenant. Being born again and living from the inside out. In fact, it's really funny, isn't it? When you start, you know, pondering stuff, the Lord actually reminded me of a book that I got in 2000 by Watchman Nee. Anyone heard of Watchman Nee? Yeah, you know, this is, he wasn't alive in 2000. It was, this was actually written... It doesn't tell me when it was written, because it's a new edition. Anyway, when was he alive? 40s? Or 20s? Anyway, he was alive in the early 1900s. You know, the stuff that he has written in this book is exactly this stuff. The Breaking of the Outer Man is the title, and the Release of the Spirit. 
living by the Spirit and not gratifying the things of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh. Good book. You know, there's, there's so many books get written today, but I tell you what, there's some great books that are, that are classics. There's so much truth from these people. Tozer, Ravenhill, Watchman Nee, Andrew Murray. Man, you might as well be listening to some of the preachers out there today because that's exactly what they're talking about. Anyway, a bit of a side issue, that one. Ezekiel 36 says this. I will give you a new heart. This is the new covenant, isn't it? I will give you a new heart and, I, and, and will put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will place my spirit within you and I will cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. He's given us a new heart and he's placed his spirit within us. And it's the Spirit of God that causes us to follow His decrees, His ways. Amen? Now let me get this. This is where I want to finish today. The moment that we're born again, we receive the Spirit of God. Amen? And we are adopted, as we've already heard today, we're adopted into the family of God. We are children of God. And the Spirit within us cries out, Abba, Father. Yep? Papa. Yeah? We belong. We belong. But the thing is that, biblically, we're children. We're sons. But the Greek, who is actually, is that we're children. It's like Malachi was born into our family. He's my son, but he's a child in his thinking. Are you with me? He's a child in his thinking. He, there's certain things that I wouldn't give him freedom to do. Why? Because he can't make those decisions. And he hasn't learned. He hasn't learned that if he wandered out on the road and that a car could hit him. He hasn't learned that stuff. Certain things are dangerous to him, in a sense. But he's still my son. But he's a child in his thinking. But he's been received into the household as we've been received into, into the household. Do we ever think about that with Christ? That neither Joseph nor Mary was his parent, but he was adopted into the household, as we have been adopted into the household of God. Yes, we are a new creation. Yes, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. But we have to learn to move beyond receiving to living. If we read in Hebrews 5, I hope I make this really clear today. It's, uh, Hebrews chapter 5 says this. From verse 12. Although by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with a message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish good to evil. 
Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teaching about ritual washings, laying in of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, and we will do this if God permits. We can stay in this place of infancy because we haven't had the revelation that we are to live by the Spirit and that God has made that possible. We live in this constant battle between, you know what, yeah, 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 God, but then my flesh and my emotions and my soul and my will and all this stuff is crying out. Which one's going to win? And like, if we read Romans chapter 5, read Romans chapter 6, read, read Romans chapter 7, you know, Paul talks about this battle. I do, I, I do not what I want to do, but when I want to, what I want to do, I just don't do. Yeah? Even he was processing this. Even he was journeying with this. Of the, you know, what, what does it mean to live by the Spirit and to make my flesh subject to the Spirit? This is grace. This is righteousness that God has done it for you. But now he's saying, live by it. That's why we read Paul saying stuff like, put to death earthly desires. Don't think about that stuff anymore. You know, pursue God. Think about lovely things, noble things, upright things, he said to the church in Philippi. It's time that we started to feed the inner man, if I can put it that way. Not feeding our flesh, but rather feeding the Spirit of God. How do we feed the Spirit of God? Is anyone going to ask that question? Awesome. Thanks, Wendy. That's a good question. That's an awesome question. We, we feed the Spirit of God by getting into the Word. We, speak, we, we feed the Spirit of God by switching off some of the stuff on TV that we shouldn't be watching. And building and encouraging ourselves up, whether that's listening to Scripture, whether that's listening to someone, whether that's worshipping, whether that's praying, whether that's being in the, in the, in the innermost place or the, the solitary place with Jesus. That's how our inner man is built up. And you can tell when you need it. Why? Because you're going through life and everything irritates you. No, no one else has ever had that experience before in their life. Where you're just kind of like busy, busy, and you're doing stuff, and someone says something, and you just go, ah! You see, you need to feed the inner man. You need to feed the inner man. Yeah? God's encouragement to us today is to move from being children, where we have still have this battle between flesh and spirit, to becoming sons, mature sons. Scripture says, for those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. It is the sons to whom God can entrust things. It's the sons. Creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. That is those who know who they are in Christ. Those that walk according not to the flesh, but by the Spirit. Amen? Fellowship with the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, 13, Paul says, he closes that letter to the Corinthians and he says, fellowship with the Spirit. Are you fellowshipping with the Spirit of God? That's a choice that we have to make. God has done it, but we still have to make choices, amen? That's a choice that we have to make. Are you fellowshipping with the Spirit? How do you fellowship with somebody? How do you have fellowship with somebody? 
you spend time with them. You spend time with them. And you communicate your heart to them and they communicate their heart to you and that is called fellowship. Amen? Fellowship with the Spirit. Communicate with Him and let Him communicate with you. If I can put it this way, God wants to grow us up. He wants to grow us up. He's given us every provision. Scripture says He has given us everything for life and godliness. Amen. Think about Jesus. What great encouragement, what great strength can we draw from Him? Amen. What great encouragement, what great strength that He lived by the Spirit. And his thoughts and his will and his emotions became what became were subject to the Spirit of God in all things. He was tempted in all things, yet was without sin. And he's made every provision. Heaven is, you know, the veil has been torn, heaven is open. He came down and he's rendered the veil. And he sent his spirit to dwell in each and every one of you. And he's calling us to fellowship with the Spirit and partner with the Spirit and live by the Spirit. This is the way that we're going to see Bundaberg touched. Living from the inside out. You need to make a decision, though, to get into the secret place. You need to make a decision to spend time in Scripture, to spend time in prayer, to spend time soaking, to spend time worshipping. I can't make the decision for you. Even the person sitting next to you can't make the decision for you. For those that are sitting next to a spouse today, they can't make the decision for you. And in some ways, and please don't take this the wrong way, women, I'd say, man of God, it's time to rise up. Because you know what? I see women in the secret place. I see women soaking. I see women worshipping. Come on, man. Come on. We're meant to lead our households as we serve the Lord and love Him and worship Him. Amen. Was that all right? <laughs> in saying that I am thankful that when we come to Friday night prayer it is about 50-50 I've been in other places in other places in Australia and it's almost like 90-10 90% women 10% men I am thankful that we have some men that are willing to stand. Amen? So, this Christmas, this season, let's focus on Jesus. Well, we should focus on him anyway. But let's focus on the fact of how he lived. And let's use that as a spur to live by the Spirit in 2021. Give the flesh no room. No room. No room. Give Jesus all the room. Amen? Team. Team. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just say one thing as the team comes up? I feel I need to say it because someone, somebody needs to hear it. I battled this. In fact, it's only when I'm doing this today, well, not today, but during this week, that I actually realize more of the stuff. 
I was passionate for Jesus. Hopefully I still am. But man, I used to stumble a lot. I still stumble. (laughs) But you know what? I used to stumble a lot. I used to, I came from a household, a loving household, but a household that was based on I had to do it. It was about performance. I used to beat myself up so often. I'd be going out to play a game of golf. And I could get my club and I'd swing it back and I'd, and I'd swing it. And I knew how far I could hit that ball. And I knew I could hit it straight. And every time it started to slice or it started to hook, I used to get really angry with myself. I used to beat myself up because I knew I was better than that. I knew I could do better than that. But I used to beat myself up. And someone here today needs to hear that. I used to... I, I was, I was my worst own critic. I used to beat myself up because I knew what I was capable of and if I wasn't performing at the optimum in, on the soccer field or the athletics field, you've got to understand my background. Hey, I was in, if there was a sport, I'd play it. I represented Australia in athletics. I represented, I got to representative level in cricket and soccer. I even played some AFL. You, you name it, I was in the midst of it. And I knew what I was capable of, but whenever I, whenever I fell short of that, I used to beat myself up. And when I first started to really walk with God, you know what happened when I used to fall? I used to beat myself up. And I remember one day, I had a shocking Saturday. Has anyone ever had a shocking Saturday? Oh, some of us. And you know what? I was down to worship lead on Sunday at Gateway Baptist in Launceston. And I just said, God, I can't do it. That's what I said. And he said, what are you doing, son? He said, that's what I paid the price for. Now get back on your bike again and be who I've called you to be. We are spirit, soul, and body. We are spirit, soul, and body. That is how you can declare, even if you've had a shocking Saturday, I am the righteousness of God in Christ because my, my spirit has been sealed with the promise guaranteeing that is to come. The Holy Spirit, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Let's live by the Spirit. And if that's you, if you beat yourself up, encourage yourself in God of what God has already done for you. And let's continue to go on this journey of what it means to live by the Spirit. And the flesh will have no part. Those thoughts will have no part. Those desires of the flesh will have no part because you'll be so filled with the Spirit of God that you will manifest Jesus to a broken world that is in desperate need. Amen? 
let's do, no, not, oh, the other one. No, not that one. Build my life, that one. So let's respond today, hey. Let's not just sing a song, but let's respond. Because Jesus has done it. Amen? He's done it. And He's calling us to let go of those things that have restricted us. That bondage that we've been dragging with us, he says, you know, as Deb saw that vision today, the shackles have been broken. He says, come and nest under my wings. Come under the shelter of my wings. If you need to come out the front today, you come out the front. You leave whatever. You leave the baggage of 2020 behind. You leave the baggage of 1970 behind. If you're still carrying stuff from 1970, you leave it behind. And you come and you say, Jesus, here I am. I am. I am yours. I am yours. Empower me. Help me to live by your Spirit. I don't want the flesh. I don't want to walk as the world walks anymore. I just want more of you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in my life more and more. Jesus, He's worthy. He's the one who is worthy. Jesus. Come on, let's just worship Him today. Worthy. I, uh, I woke up from a dream this morning, and in the dream, uh, there was a preacher that I know, and he spoke to me the verse uh, 107.5, and as I woke up, though, you know, as you come out of a dream, I couldn't tell whether then all of a sudden whether he said 107.5 or 10, uh, 105.7, and uh, so I read both the chapters this morning, and I, I feel like what he was trying to do was get me to get something out of each of these that both paralleled each other. And uh, I was confirmed when Debbie got up this morning and sharing about the chains being broken. Yeah. Uh, and Tim's been talking about, you know, the, the not being in bondage, right? So I just want to quickly read a couple of these and just invite a few people to come up for prayer, if that's you. Psalm 105, uh, 17. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. Today, King Jesus is is here and he's going to release people, okay, from bondage and from fetters that are around their feet. Come on. Okay, he he wants to set you free today. And so that was the one in 105. And in 107, it's talking about bringing the people out of Egypt and We're just thinking about wonder. You know, God is still a God of wonders and He performs signs and wonders to bring people out of bondage and into freedom. Yeah. Right? It says, speaking of bringing the the Egyptian, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, it says, there were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, He humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was none to help. They then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bands apart. Okay? Let them give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness and for His wonders to the sons of men. For He has shattered gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. Who knows there's nothing 
yeah. too strong for the Lord to break apart, right? Amen. In, in the natural, he's shattering gates of iron, right? Yeah. And in the spirit as well, you might be stuck in bondage today. You might be in habitual sin or you might just be seeking the Lord with all your strength and you're just being tormented by stuff that's coming against you. Um, I just want to invite, there's freedom here today and he wants to break your bands apart. Yeah. Right? So if that's you, it resonates. I just want to ask you to, to come forward. Maybe you don't even know Jesus and you're like, this freedom that Tim's talking about, this life by the spirit, there's something, my heart's pumping and I don't know what it is. I don't even know what he's talking about. Maybe you've been in church your whole life and you've been stuck in bondage and you don't know what it is to walk by the spirit. Then I want to invite